2: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
0: What's up, Derek Johnson with Nick Springer, another RCST. We got Terry Nooner coming on the show in 4 o'clock hour. Plenty of fun segments, plenty of KU basketball talk on today's show. Straight to the business. Straight to the business. Out at (laughs) 5.50 for high school basketball with Bishop Seabury and Veritas Christian tomorrow. You can hear the KU women's game here, (laughs) KU men's game after. You can hear the KU men's game also, the entirety, over on our sister station, 105.9 KISS. Question number one, Nick. What? Do you rock with Jason Bean? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Okay, I ride with Jason Bean always. He
1: tweeted out earlier today, "Rock with me or don't." More work to do. Remember, there was some, there was some speculation. By speculation, I mean us just being clowns about, oh, oh, maybe he's, maybe he's trapped in the no, Bowl. but, Oh,
0: the him saying, "I'm here," he's <laughs> <laughs> like, "I'm still here. I'm still in Memphis. Come get me." Uh, they left me off the bus. No. um. Yeah, this is this is huge news for Kansas football. Yep. Like you don't go into the year expecting him to be a starter. I'm sure again, Kansas, a team that talks about competition, they will say, Yeah, it really is an open competition with Jalen and Jason Bean, but we know Jalen will be the starter. Um But again, he had Jason Bean had packages yes. even when Jalen was I imagine he'll continue to have packages and the fact that you have the true backup in case Jalen gets hurt again, that you can come in and probably be even better next year. I mean, he he took I will say is is many you know there there were some lowlights there were a lot of highlights for Jason Bean this year he took such a big step forward this season from last oh, yeah. year part yeah. of it was the other players around him were a lot
1: better that helps too yeah but he took a big step so I but I mean there's no question that Jason Bean could go to somewhere any- else and start. yes. You know, non Power Five school and be an immediate yeah. impact player. I think
0: there's a bunch of other Power Five schools he could start. There probably are, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's huge news for Kansas that that he'll be back for for Ku and uh, give you that security. They yeah, just have to mind. have the insurance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's huge news for Kansas to to get through next season. Uh, DraftKings, the fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. Your go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout game with DraftKings same-game parlays. You can do that for the KU game tomorrow. I might tweet out. Whatever my same game parlay is, the, the odds aren't out for that game yet or, or the individual players. You can also bet on some of the futures right now. Kansas is 14 to 1 to win the title. They are 4 to 1 to make the final four. And if you want to bet on them to win the Big 12, they're plus 120. By the way, Texas second in that, plus 450. TCU third at plus 500. Baylor's fourth, plus 650. K State rounds out the top five at 12 to 1. You wow. can also bet on Jalen Wilson to win the Wooden Award. He is tied second to odds. Zach Eadie, the favorite, minus one ten. Oscar Shebue, Jalen Wilson, tied for second at ten to one odds.
1: Wow! So they really think Zach Eadie's like almost got it locked up. I guess so. Wow!
0: But if Purdue keeps losing games, I'm telling no, you, Purdue stinks. Now's not a bad time to get on the Jalen Wilson. Purdue train. stinks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KLWN. New customers can bet just five dollars on college football and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. That's code KLWN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. KU takes on West Virginia tomorrow. Pre-game, 3.30. Tip-off, 5 o'clock. On our sister station, 105.9 KISS. We'll carry the game whenever the women's game ends here on KLWN. It's been tough times down in uh, Morgantown for Kansas with Bill Self, just wouldn't a 4-6 and six record. Wouldn't
1: it be up in Morgantown, not down in Morgantown?
0: I guess it's just a matter of
1: speaking, right? You no, always think of, like, up. from the map, right? But up. yes.
0: Technically.
1: What do you mean? No, there is no technically. What do you mean?
0: Well, you can always say something's down. No. Why? Because it's up from where we are, from where Lauren But it's is. all a matter of, of point of view. You see what I'm saying? No, it's, I don't see what you're saying. No. Like if I'm looking at a map and I'm just looking across the map, that would be and you're an going down looking
1: at the map upside down, then yes, it and would you'd be, be looking down. at
0: it sideways, it'd be going down. No. Could be. No. Could be. No. It's all a matter it's of perspective. Up. Depends which way you're looking at the map. Well then you're holding the map wrong. It's not it doesn't matter. But if you're walking on real terrain and you're facing Morgantown and you look at the map that way to be like, which way am I going? Then you're going down. What no. <laughs> Cause you're going north. It's up. North? Why is north up? That's just how it is. On maps. I don't. I'm no, not a map maker. No. North is only up when you're looking at the map. map. I'm not a map guy. No. I north... didn't draw the map. No. When we are on flat ground, us as humans, I didn't draw the map. If I say look north, I don't know which You're not looking north up because you're looking I don't know cardinal directions. You're that, looking straight. That
1: argument is irrelevant because I don't know which direction north is anyways.
0: Down. <laughs> going down to Morgantown. Rhymes. <laughs> West Virginia shoots the ball really well, which is a little uncharacteristic of many past West Virginia teams. They also get a lot of offensive rebounds, which is kind of a Bob Huggins staple. Kansas has done a lot better job since probably the Tennessee game of securing defensive rebounds. So I I think they've shown a big enough sample to say that that's no longer like a weakness for this team. Well but it still been, is in the back. You no, know, it's mind. been
1: rebound by committee, which is helpful, right? I mean Grady Dick had two huge rebounds yeah. in the Texas Tech game, right? So it's been I think early in the season it it that emphasis wasn't there. And then certainly after the Tennessee game, I'm sure in the next practice, Bill Self was like, Hey, yeah, we gotta rebound as a team. So I mean, there's been enough games there where they have rebounded
0: well for me to say that yeah, I feel comfortable with where they're. They're not like a dominant defensive rebounding team, but no. they're they're more than good enough to do it. Um, but it still is in the back of your mind that hey, they play small, and we've seen some of those games against Duke and Tennessee. So which of those worries more? The fact that uh, worries you more, the fact that West Virginia shoots it well, or the fact that they get a ton of offensive rebounds?
1: Oh, easily that they shoot it well because when you're Kansas, you get everybody's A plus game. It's at Morgantown. They're going to be juiced up. Now it's kind of still winter break, so I guess maybe there's a possibility the crowd won't be that good, but I mean, the Texas Tech crowd was over winter break, and that place was packed. So I would expect they still fill it out in Morgantown also. So definitely the fact that they can shoot the ball well, because, I mean, look at Texas Tech. Pop Isaacs just goes crazy early in the game. they got a big lead. You look at Bryce Thompson, what he did against Kansas. Like, if you're a good shooter, playing Kansas turns you into Steph Curry, it seems (laughs) like. I mean, I don't know how else to explain Mm -hmm. it. So definitely that is more concerning, which is interesting because a, kind of a – you were mentioning some staples of Bob Huggins teams. Kind of a staple of Bill Self teams normally is that they're a pretty good perimeter-defending team. And we think that's the case with DeWan Harris and Kevin McCuller, but if teams continue to let have guys with, have big shooting nights against Kansas, I think you maybe have to start questioning their three-point perimeter defense a little bit more
0: closely. Yeah. Yeah, they're shooting about 37% from three, 54% from two. Those are both top 60 in the country. They're ranked 27th on offense in Ken Palm. They're actually 20th overall on Ken Palm. This is actually like a really good team.
1: Even though, uh, they're, even though they're not ranked.
0: Yes. They are, uh, which by the way, I'm a proponent of that. I th- I don't know. Maybe this would what bother people the wrong way. What if they just used, like, the Ken Palm rankings for the rankings they used on, like, the broadcast, like, in the I graphics? I think
1: college basketball writers would not let that happen because I think they like right. having power to be yeah. able to, like, oh, I'm an AP voter. Ooh.
0: But wouldn't that be better, too? Because think about how many times, like, over the course of a week, a team loses on Monday, and then you see them play on Saturday, and it's like, oh, they're the number one team in the country. See, and it's like, But we know they're ESPN, about to drop.
1: ESPN loves that.
0: But because it the could work the other way, like, too.
1: ESPN could be like, well, the number three team in the country is playing tonight, even though they're on like a two-game losing yeah. streak, but this week,
0: they're still number three. Could work the other way, though. They get a big win earlier in the week. Now, all of a sudden, the Saturday game, instead of them being ranked
1: eighth or fourth, you know? But they always schedule the Saturday games before that.
0: No, that's true. Uh, but anyway, West Virginia, not quite as good defensively. It's still pretty good, though. They're 33rd in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. And the way they do it really well, they got a lot of turnovers. They are <laughs> 33rd in the country in turnover rate defensively turn you over about 23% of the time. They are 109th in steal rate, they're 8th in non-steal turnover percentage, which that's charges, that's just like forcing you into pressure to make you mess up, throw the ball away. Which that
1: is an area that Kansas has really struggled
0: in. Yes. Um they've just been okay at the other sides of the defense and they actually they they foul a lot. So get ready for Kansas to go to the free throw. I mean well, they are 318.
1: The quote from Bill Self about how the Big 12, I guess, sent out a memo that said that they were yes. going to crack down on physical play. So they're
0: really going to call a lot. So we'll see
1: what that means. I mean,
0: and this is bad news because Kansas is 255th in the country in free throw percentage. <laughs> <laughs> That's not ideal. Not
1: well, they ideal only for shot a four free throws in the whole yeah, game. Yeah, they have against 14 Texas in their Tech. first
0: two games. And I will say, West Virginia is only 205th in the country in free throw percentage. So this could okay. this could get ugly, Nick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, defensively, the biggest thing is. Kansas just hold on to the basketball, just just yeah, don't I think, give them a ton. Of steals. I mean, to
1: me, that's the biggest red flag for Kansas right now. Like they all, obviously they've been on a roll, they're two and on conference play. They've they've been playing probably some of their best basketball of the season over the past month or so. And the and but besides all of that, the one thing that's kind of not necessarily been their Achilles' heel because they've still been winning, but the thing that's been hurting them the most has been uncharacteristically poor transition passing or just poor passing that's led to dumb turnovers or whatever. So that, that to me. Is the biggest concern for Kansas right now, and you're playing against a team in West Virginia that historically that's what they're known for. Maybe mm. they haven't. Maybe that's not necessarily been like their calling card this season, but I mean that's what they've been known for, right? Is putting a lot of pressure on you, and that you know that press Virginia style, and so to me that's what I'm most curious to see in this game. And I, honestly, I think that falls on DeWan Harris. I think Dewan Harris has to has to say, hey, we got to be smarter with the ball. You know, when I'm on the floor running the point. Yeah. As far as some of the impact players for West Virginia,
0: their their center is gigantic, but he's not really like a big scorer. He just kinda clogs the lane. Uh their 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 point guard is is kind of like in the same ilk of Dewan Harris. Like not necessarily gonna put up huge numbers, but he's just like a, a good defensive player, a good kind of like game manager type. Seth Wilson, their shooting guard, is a good three point shooter. They've got like good length that they can uh bring in at, at kind of the wing positions. Like Emmett Matthews is a really good scorer, six seven wing, who will come off the bench at times. But the two big impact players for them, Eric Stevenson and Trey Mitchell. Stevenson is like a six four shooting guard who's going to play a lot at the three. Shoots the ball extremely well from different levels of the floor. Um, he was at a bunch of different schools before West Virginia. So he started his career at Wichita State. He was there in 2019 and 2020. Then he transferred to Washington. Wait, this is
1: the same Eric Stevenson? Yeah.
0: Yes. I didn't even realize so that. He transferred to Washington in 2021. Then he transferred to South Carolina in twenty twenty two. West Virginia is now his fourth school in twenty twenty three. He is giving Jalen Coleman Lands a run for his money. <laughs> uh, but he is he is shooting fifty seven percent on twos. He is shooting forty five percent on threes. This is a very, very elite shooter. So you gotta get out on him. You you just have to defend him well. I don't know whose job that'll be. Maybe it'll be uh Kevin McCuller if we're looking at him being the three. Yeah. I think that'd be a I good mean... thing for Kansas. But
1: Kansas has been pretty much switching everything. So they have. I, I So it'll just switch it'll
0: just, up. Yeah. Man, no, you're right. Uh, but, yeah, Trey Mitchell is also a guy who was transferred to a couple schools, started his career at UMass, went to Texas last year, and had a pretty good year, but it was a little more up and down than you would have thought after he put up insane numbers at UMass. His his dad was, like, unhappy with the way that Chris Beard was coaching him, and he kind of left midseason. He actually he played in, in the game in Austin that Kansas lost to Texas. He had 17 points. I think he might have been the one who banked in the three. I think he was, yeah. And then he transferred, or he just left the program, eventually transferred, wound up with West Virginia. Again, very good player. Shooting 58% on twos. He's shooting 39% on threes. He can stretch it a bit. He's shooting 86% at the free throw line. So, like, good shooter for a big man, six foot nine, two 225 pounds. Uh, that's going to be a really good matchup with him and Jalen Wilson.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And those are the two guys that I think you have to highlight as – guys that could break the game for West Virginia in terms of just putting up a lot of points quickly. So for Kansas, I mean you figure Dewan Harris will be on Trey Mitchell for the most part so maybe that'll help kind of lock him up but then Stevenson, yeah, they've got to get out on him and like we said, I mean Bryce Thompson, we we'll go back to the Oklahoma State game, he hit some contested threes but he also had some threes that were kind of wide open, right? And sort of the same deal with Texas Tech. Pop Isaac had some good looks as well mm-hmm. so you've got to find a way to mitigate those. I
0: think this is going to be kind of a grinded out game for Jalen. I think he can outspeed Trey Mitchell, um, but he's not going to play, be able to play bully ball on West Virginia side, so he's going to have to grind it out, which means I think that you need one of, if not both, between Grady Dick and Kevin McCuller to have good offensive games. I mean, I'm not expecting yeah, DeWan to have another 18 points, right? So where are you going to get that offense? Yeah, no, th-
1: this feels like a situation where Grady Dick needs to step up and kind of match whatever three-point shooting West Virginia has. Mm-hmm. So I would look at Grady Dick, I think.
0: Kansas wins if what? If Grady Dick shoots the ball well. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I think that's a very real thing. Um, I will say uh, Kansas wins if they have 12 or less turnovers. You had 12 Ooh. against Tech. You were just fine. Okay. Maybe 13 or less. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, I just,
1: That's a high bar to shoot for. I if like.
0: you had well, they had 12 against Tech, who was really good at forcing turnovers, too. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll say 13. If you get to... I'm not saying they can't win if they have 16 turnovers. They absolutely can. But then you you just tighten your margin for error, and you need to pick it up in other ways. If you have 18, yeah. 20 turnovers, that's how you certainly lose this game. You would be you're in down. some
1: serious trouble, yeah. Flip side, West Virginia wins if what? West Virginia wins if they crash the offensive glass really well and if Jalen Wilson gets in foul trouble.
0: I was gonna say the first thing I was gonna say is if a key Kansas player gets in foul trouble, so it could be Dwan, could be Jalen. Yeah. Um. My other answer was just gonna be that, uh, they just get hot from the outside. Like, they go 12 of 22 from three. Yep. Like, we've seen the past few games. I don't think this is one of those games where you're going to be able to weather that as much. But either way, this is a huge chance for Kansas to kind of put an early stranglehold on the Big 12 with two big road wins if they can get it tomorrow. But it's certainly going to be tough. We'll pick the game in our game picks coming up later. Next, though, Rock Chalk, Pick a Hawk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST. We've got some Bill Self audio ahead of the West Virginia game coming up next. Uh, you are killing me lately in Rock Chalk Pickahawk. You've taken a 6-5 to five lead. on a
1: roll, man. I was up
0: 5 nothing, 5-1, five, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 5-1 to one or 5. Maybe it might have been 5 nothing. So a reminder for the rules, you get a point for every point a player scores. You get two points for assists and rebounds, minus two if they turn the ball over. You get three points for steals and blocks, and you lose a point for every shot that they miss. Um, we added in the new rule to start a Big 12 play that you can take one player but no more from the opposing team and Nick has been able to pick the player that I I don't know maybe it's maybe it's he's great at picking them or maybe yeah. it is the the Nick boost that when he
1: picks them they are destined well, see, to have a good game. That's the question. Do I do you I try to intentionally not pick a West Virginia player yeah. so that they all suck the <laughs> and the in the Jayhawks win? I'll let you tussle with that one. Um, so
0: I have the first pick this time. We're gonna go snake draft. It is six rounds. You'll have picks two and three as we snake back and forth. Uh, I'll get the picking started here. Ooh, I, I've been taking Kevin McCuller in the first round the past few games, and he hasn't had as good of games. Now I'm not gonna take him here this time, and I know he's gonna bounce back and have like a great game. Um, so I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna go with Jalen Wilson. I, I think there's certain ways he can exploit. Um, The West Virginia defense, there are going to be certain ways that he won't be able to, like in terms of the bully ball stuff, won't work inside on West Virginia. But I I do think there are other ways that that he can step up. And and he just always fills up the stat sheet anyway. So, solid number one pick always with Jalen. You you feel like you have a very high floor.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, With the second pick, I am going to go with Grady Dick. I think Grady Dick's going to have a big game. He was like Pretty quiet against Texas Tech, even though I think he ended up with pretty a uh, pretty... Yeah, 11 points, points, 8 rebounds, 3
0: assists. Yeah. I mean, he filled up the pick-a-hawk points. He did.
1: He did. So, I'm going to go with Grady Dick as my first pick. I think he's going to hit a couple threes against West Virginia. Second pick... Ooh. I think I have to go with DeWan Harris. Just for what he can do with in terms of assists. You get extra points for assists and obviously he had a big game scoring as well against Texas Tech so maybe he's even if maybe he scores another 10 12 points against West Virginia. So I'll go with one Harris.
0: Okay, well I didn't think Kevin McCuller was going to last to me, but here he is. I'm going to call for the bounce back game. At least hope for it here. Um you're going to really need your wings to to have a physical rebounding game because of the way West Virginia gets those offensive rebounds and Kevin mccullough has been able to step up in some of those other games for Kansas to Keep him on the uh, defensive glass well. So I'll go with Kevin McCuller. And then, hmm. See, this is a tough game for K.J. Adams because their big man is, like, 300 pounds, ten, <laughs> And also, like, because they get so many offensive rebounds, like, I don't know, what if he just gets in foul trouble? That scares me a little bit. But maybe he can exploit him on that short roll stuff. I could take one of the West Virginia players. I could take Bobby off the bench. I'm not going to – I'm not going to overthink it, though. I'll just go with the last starter. I'll take okay. K.J. Adams. I think that's probably your safest pick,
1: mm-hmm. honestly. All right, so I get two picks now? Yep. All right, well, I think I have to go with Bobby. I mean, he's your most reliable bench guy. He's going to get uh, the most number of minutes off the bench. And then I think I will go with Zuby as well. Not necessarily because I think K.J. is going to be in foul trouble or that K.J. is going to struggle, but Zuby has been the first big off the bench. And if Zuby comes out and he gets, you know, two or three rebounds, two or three points, I mean that's that's all I'm really asking for him from that pick in Rock Talk Big Hawk. So I'm gonna go with Zuby for my next pick. Yeah, and I think that's good and because West
0: Virginia does play bigs, maybe it's maybe it's a little extra minutes for Zuby in a game like this. I uh I, I don't feel comfortable taking Joe Yesufu because we don't totally know his status right now. Um MJ Rice just hasn't been able to gain trust, and I don't think playing in Morgantown is all of a sudden going to switch that up. So I'm not going to go with him. I'm just going to go with another center in case anybody gets in foul trouble there and they have to go with somebody else. We saw Cam Martin be the the next big off the bench. That would be the natural one. But in a game like this where it could be more about the physicality side, maybe this is a chance back for Ernest? Come back? Question mark? So I am going to go Ernest Uday. We, we
1: didn't get to it yesterday, but somebody in the KU mailbag asked if Ernest Uday was still on the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the
0: answer is yes. <laughs> as picked in the Rock Chalk Hog year. And then I'm just going to cover my bases with the other backup center. I will go Cam Martin with my next pick. All right. So
1: I have how many? Players? I have four players right now. So I yep. got two picks. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go. I don't, again, I I don't know that I can pick a West Virginia player because of what's happened the past few I mean, You could picks. pick
0: like. You could pick like a Joe Toussaint, who's a guy at West Virginia. He's a starting point guard. He gets like eight but or nine I'm not, points. Per I'm not trying to throw. He doesn't put up huge numbers. I'm not trying to throw
1: Pickahawk either, though. Like, I'm trying to win. But I mean, that's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. Mean, I'm on a huge could, win streak. You know, this guy is. He's going to. You well, know, that'd be even worse, though, because if I pick a guy who's but you're not that it. good. And then he goes off. Plus, but the then rest wouldn't that, as well. that be this the test study? That would be the guinea pig.
0: If he goes off, then we know it's a real thing. But then if he sucks and I lose Pickahawk, but then I'm saying. The high anyways. floor player, he might not get the blowout game, but he might get you at least you know 15 points.
1: Oh boy, I'm gonna go with MJ Rice. <laughs> okay, as my next pick. You have another and one. Then I have one more pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just, I think I'm just gonna have Zach to. I'm gonna have to go with the. I'm gonna have to go with the West Virginia player. I'll, I'll go with um, – I guess I'll go with Eric Stevenson. Okay. I mean, he's a 45% three-point shooter. Yeah, seems like the type of guy that would have really hurt
0: Kansas from the outside. They've struggled defending the three-point line through their first two Big 12 games. That's a good call. So I have my last pick. I haven't taken a West Virginia player yet. I was going to kind of just – if you were going to take one of them. I think you
1: should make a rule that the player you pick from the opposing team has to be with your last pick. No. Okay, I don't like the strategy
0: in that because then it's just guaranteed whoever you know you're gonna get a good player. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I I think there's some strategy in deciding when you want to take them. So I I was gonna take either Stevenson or Trey Mitchell because you didn't take Mitchell, And, and honestly, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of. Torn between the two. I think Mitchell gets more rebounds, although he's not, like, a great rebounder. He's getting five a game. But he certainly hurt Kansas last year when they played in Austin when he was uh, Texas Longhorn. I'll go with Trey Mitchell on uh, the inside. So, I have okay. Jalen, Kevin, KJ, Ernest, Cam, and Trey. You have Grady, Dewan, Bobby, Zuby, MJ, and Eric.
1: kind of like my team this week, or this game there.
0: Let's see if I can... Uh, I think you're going to lose again. Who, who wins if that's just your actual, like... Lineup. Like up. Like forget the pickahawk team. I don't have a point guard, so it's probably you. <laughs> I have McCuller running the one. I have. Well,
1: and I've got two elite shooters.
0: Yeah, no, it's you. I have McCuller running the one. Jalen's my two. KJ is my three. <laughs> Cam is my four with Trey Mitchell. The see. Five. I can roll That's out. I
1: can good. roll out DeWan as my one. MJ is the shooting guard. Grady and Eric Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah, you're wiping
0: the floor with mine if it's just an actual (laughs) 5-on-5 game.
1: All right, he's Nick Springer.
0: I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Some Bill Self audio next. Four o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk coming up. We are going to have an interview with Terry Nooner, the KU Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach. Uh, we also got some Jalen Wilson audio sports stock market game picks coming up. If you're looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, venue 1235 has you covered, located right off I-70 and five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Venue 1235 is a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, private suite, and a covered patio. Chiefs take on the Raiders tomorrow, and um, I guess to know what they're playing for, well... We officially, I guess, kind of know now because the NFL decided to put the vote today to uh, some of the proposed stuff they had put out there about how to deal with this Bills Bengals game being canceled. And uh, it was voted upon. Everybody voted for it except for one team. Is that right?
1: Just the I Bengals, so, yes. were, so the the only Bengals team, were the only team. Which you voted.
0: understand because they got kind of screwed by this. Not as much with the one seed stuff. Like that probably wasn't going to happen for them anyway. But, um, I, I mean, I guess it could have if they would have played the Bills and then the Chiefs lost this weekend. But they, they have kind of a weird thing as part of it where, so technically because of the extra game, like if they lose to the Ravens, I think, then it's in a weird situation where they would be half a game better than the Ravens for the division because they played one less game. So they would have one less loss but the same amount of wins. And then the Ravens would have been 2-0 and against them. So it, it creates this weird uh, divisional round drama. So nonetheless – um, basically Bills Bengals not going to be played as far as it pertains to the Chiefs. What does it matter for matter for the Chiefs? Basically, it could mean a neutral site AFC Championship game. Now, when I say could, here's why. And, and let me also say, for the battle for the one seed, so who gets the bye, it's just based beat on the like winning percentage. So yes, if just the just Chiefs beat the, beat the Raiders, they get the bye. They are the one seed. It's that simple. Now, For where the AFC Championship is going to be played, it could either be on a neutral site or it could be at the home team. Here is how it is determined. It will only be on a neutral site if both teams had a chance at the one seed. Basically, what that means is if you included the Bills-Bengals game happening, that both teams would have had a chance for the one seed. So, for instance, if the Chiefs beat the Raiders this week and the Bills lose to the Patriots... Then the Chiefs would still host in Arrowhead the AFC Championship against the Bills. Correct. If that happens, well, against anyone at that point, even if the even if the Bengals win, yeah, because the Bengals have four losses, the Chiefs have three.
1: Yeah, but if the if the Bills lose, they're had four losses too. Yes, and the Chiefs would have three. No, I think if the Bengals beat the Ravens and the Chiefs win, then it might still be at no neutral side. No, what? Because this only happens if both teams had a chance at the one seed. Yeah, and if the Bengals beat the Ravens, they would still have four losses. They would have had a chance at the one seed. If no, they, they beat would the- not. Okay, I see what you're saying. The Bengals'
0: record, if they win this weekend and if they beat the Bills, would have been what, 13-4, and, and four, four. correct? The Chiefs, if they win this week, would be 14-3. and three. Okay? The same thing goes for the Bills. If the Bills lose to the Patriots, they would have four losses. That would not be as good as 14-3. and three. So that's how the Chiefs still end
1: up hosting. Ah, but if the... Bills lose and the Chiefs yes. lose. And the Bengals win. Correct.
0: That's where it gets really weird. Now we're cooking. Yes. So so basically here's the roadmap. Chiefs, just win your damn game. Beat the Raiders, you get a bye. Yep. If the Bills win and the Bills play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, then it's on a neutral site. If the Bills lose this week and the Chiefs beat the Raiders, guess what you're hosting? Or if the, the Chiefs end up winning this week and then they play anybody else, you're hosting the AFC Championship game. So that's basically the simplest way to do it. Uh, but yeah, if, if some of those other weird scenarios where both teams lose or if one team lose, then that's
1: where it could possibly so, get weird. Long story short, the AFC still basically kind of sort of runs through it. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Basically. Well, I
0: mean, think about it like this. If the Chiefs beat the Raiders and get the one seed, even if the Bills beat the Patriots on Sunday, there's a very good chance, uh, maybe not very good, well, but there's again, like at least a 50-50 remember, chance that the Bengals beat the Bills. Exactly. The and whole, then, yeah,
1: The whole discussion around this whole thing was – If you get the one seed, you don't have to play both the Bills and the Bengals to get the Super Bowl. Yes, that's the biggest part. Which is what's going to happen if they get the one seed. Now, where would the game be played, you might be
0: asking? We don't know. Roger Goodell would be the one who decides. On one hand, I wonder if he would wait till the week of to be like, okay, this is what's close to both teams. Like That's what we're going to pick. But there's another part of me that wonders if they just want to rip the Band-Aid off and get it done now because that way people can start buying their travel plans, flights, Accommodations, hotels. If it does happen. If it does happen, right. Um, so maybe, that's maybe, kind of messed up for those
1: because... I feel like they would announce it after Sunday, basically. Like right now, if they announce where, they're, where the game is going to be and like Chiefs fans and Bills fans buy up hotels and whatever, and then one of those teams doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. Would they be able? I guess they just have to cancel all their hotels. Yeah, just get a sale. refund. Okay. You
0: would just hope that you booked at like a hotel that gives, you know, 24 hour notice or 48 hour notice for reservations. The tickets, you could probably just resell them maybe, or maybe you would get them as a refund. I don't know. Uh, as far as where it would be though, I mean, I've, I've seen everywhere you could imagine be kind of tossed out on this. Like uh, there was Indianapolis tossed out for a bit by someone, but also somebody else pointed out there's like a national volleyball tournament going that weekend, and I know you might be rolling your eyes and saying, oh, well, why wouldn't they just cancel the national volleyball tournament? It's an NFL AFC championship. Okay, you say that, but you know how much money you would be like, or, or just people you'd be pissing off and creating all this drama and trying to figure out the hotel city. Like, no, they're not going to do that. Uh, Detroit, you were telling me before, like, that... That yeah, Detroit. Uh, I think
1: it was even some turf turf somebody, somebody from the NFL uh, reported that Detroit has already made has scheduled mm-hmm. plans in the middle of January to renovate their turf. Or so, redo their turf, basically. Now, because maybe they Detroit, could push that because back. Because Detroit, Detroit is still in the playoff hunt, but they wouldn't be hosting. Right. So, like, once that happened, they were at Ford Field in Detroit, they were like, hey, we're going to, you know, they already made arrangements or whatever to redo their turf.
0: This is from Andrew Filippani, who... Uh, it works for like FanDuel TV and 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. He said I had an NFL source tell me that he thinks if the neutral site AFC Championship scenario plays out, the game will be in Pittsburgh. But like I keep seeing now, I saw somebody else who was like, who works in the Vegas area, and he was like, I had an official reach out about it being in Vegas. I think what this tells you is that a lot of these different places have had. They're just trying to figure it out. Exactly. The NFL reach out and be like. Well, hypothetically, could you host? Yeah, that is doesn't and mean then they are. T- Yeah, exactly. So I, I would imagine they're going to wait to see what happens have on it, Saturday and it Sunday. The,
1: have it at the booth. <laughs>
0: have it at uh, Sporting KC Stadium. <laughs> um, they're going to wait to see what happens Saturday and Sunday, and if they need to throw in that there is going to be a possible neutral site, then they'll announce it on, like, Monday. That would be just my guess without, without actually knowing there. Uh, as long as it's not in Indianapolis, let's do it. I don't want it to be in Indianapolis because we saw – Chiefs go to Indy earlier this year. The The weird half dome where the sun was coming in caused them issues. And also the Chiefs have uh, not had favorable times against the Colts in the playoffs in the past and in that arena. So I want nothing to do with it. Stay as far away from it. Everywhere else, whatever. Is there anywhere you would want it to be? Man, I don't care. I mean, for, like, travel purposes, it'd be cool for Chiefs fans if it's in, like, Minnesota. I feel like that would be actually good, but Minnesota's in the playoffs, so that might Minnesota not work. Minnesota could be hosting their own. But, like, that would probably be kind of in between both fan bases. Um, nah,
1: I don't, Honestly, I don't care. No. If it's it, not at Arrowhead, I don't care. Yeah, and if you get there,
0: it, you know, it, you're playing in a big moment. doesn't really matter at that point. Maybe it'd be fun if it was in a dome, though, because you could have Mahomes versus Burrow or Mahomes versus Allen in a dome, just high score track, mate. I don't know. Uh, well, sure. maybe if it does end up like, happening in Vegas. I don't like domes, though. <laughs> well, if it does end up happening in Vegas, then uh, tomorrow's game would be a little bit of a preview for the Chiefs playing in that arena this season. How, how do you view the Raiders coming into this game? Because on one hand, the record is obviously not good, but we saw them put up 34 points and nearly beat the 49ers last week. Like, by point differential, they're actually 14 points better than the Minnesota Vikings this year?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because for the Chiefs, you know what you're dealing with with Derek Carr. Mm You've played him 17 times or 16 times, however many times you played him. With Jared Stidham, he's kind of a wild card. You don't know. I mean, obviously he looked great against the 49ers, and they scored a bunch of points, but I don't know. And also there's been reports of Josh Jacobs. He's not been at practice the past couple days for the Raiders. I don't really know what his status is. I think he had a hip injury, uh, but also – Uh, I don't know what his status is. So I'm not really sure what to think of Jarrett Stidham and the Raiders offense. Like, the Chiefs defense has, if you think about it, they've really been playing pretty well, kind of, over the past month or so. It just doesn't really feel like it, I guess. But I I don't know. I mean, obviously this is a game that the Chiefs should win. Hopefully they win comfortably. But it's a rivalry game. The Raiders are out of the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to have a lot to play for. And obviously, you know, the Chiefs have reached KU basketball territory where you pretty much get every team's best shot every week.
0: Do you remember the the Jared Stidham game in Kansas City? I, I think Brian Hoyer might have started, and he came off the bench. It was like a Monday night game. Uh Chiefs ended up winning twenty six to ten. He went five of thirteen for sixty yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. I don't remember that. That was like his rookie year, maybe in the COVID year, second year was maybe. Like twenty twenty. Yeah. Um but he got another chance to start here. And again, against the 49ers defense that outside of the game that the Chiefs played, they been the best against defense them. in the NFL. Yes. And, and like nobody's been able to score on them, again, except for the Chiefs. But the Raiders did. He <laughs> went 23 of 34 for 365 yards with three touchdowns. Did have two interceptions. One of them was uh, batted ball by the defensive lineman that jumped in the air and then got intercepted. Also had 34 rushing yards. Like He had a very good game. He'll probably put some balls out there that are interceptable, so it's important for the Chiefs defense that but hasn't what, always forced a lot of turnovers exactly. to come down with the Chiefs them. Chiefs
1: secondary really not been able to do? Get interceptions, so maybe this is the game like they've to do been it. really good statistically, in coverage and pass breakups and everything, but they haven't gotten interceptions mm-hmm. really at all this whole season.
0: No, and it certainly helps whatever Jarrett Stidham is. You know, you have Devonte Adams, you just throw the ball up to him. You know, and you have yeah. Josh Jacobs again. Like you said, we'll wait and see his kind of status, but he's one of the best running bo- running backs and. Uh, he ran all over the Chiefs the last time they yeah, played. Yeah, I mean, but if you
1: remember, the Raiders, their game plan against the Chiefs last time they played was just HB dive every play. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked. Yeah, it was like that, and then they hit a couple deep balls to yep. Devontae Adams, right? Yep. yep. And
0: then they had a couple yeah, I think uh, ones, pass interferences, I think too.
1: Ha- I think he only had like three catches in that game, but they he had the long touchdown pass, and then I think he had another long pass that... Either went for a touchdown or he got well, then he long had the pass. near
0: one that he almost caught, but he was just out of bounds. Otherwise, they would have been field goal range at the end to try to win it. Yeah, and then that I don't even know yeah. at that point if the Chiefs lose that game. Like, man, path to the one seed is a little tough this weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the thing that scares me the most obviously, Devontae Adams is very good. I think honestly, the thing that scares me the most is those two defensive ends Max Crosby and to a lesser extent, Chandler Jones. Crosby's better. And they just kind of ate your lunch last time with the offensive tackles with Orlando Brown and uh, Mike Rem or Andrew Wiley for the Chiefs. Wiley or Remers? I just completely blanked on the right tackle. Nonetheless, um, those two guys scare me because you could beat up Patrick Mahomes, right, heading into the playoffs. Or if you could just, like, that's the way you disrupt the Chiefs' offense, is if you can just pressure the quarterback right away and do it with four guys up front. Like that's how you disrupt it, and those guys have kind of owned the Chiefs' offense tackles here.
1: Yeah, that is a concern, but I, I don't know. I just I think Mahomes is just uh, he's just too good. That's what I, honestly. So that doesn't really concern me that much. And I don't know this. This to me feels like the Raiders. I think the Chiefs will be fine. Honestly, I mean, I I I I don't foresee the Chiefs having too many issues like. My biggest concern for this game is the Chiefs beating themselves. Mm. That's my biggest concern. That's a very big concern, though, for a team that has done just
0: that. Exactly. It, always, it exactly. hasn't always led to losses outside of like the Colts game. Maybe the Bengals no, that's game. That's my concern. You know? the Chiefs
1: is, but again, I don't, I don't think that should be an issue because the Chiefs, obviously now they know all we have to do is when we get the one seed. So mm-hmm. they should be locked in and ready to roll. And obviously you saw the injury to Michael Hardman who was activated, but I don't I don't anticipate yeah. he'll play or have a big role. Sky Moore's out. Sky Moore is out. So you're looking you're looking at Kadarius Toney, Justin Watson, MVS, Juju Smith, Justin Watson.
0: Justin Watson maybe he'll score a touchdown. Justin Watson
1: can't catch anything.
0: He's gonna get a touchdown.
1: He can't catch This is anything. his game. He can't catch air. It is his time. He Literally can't catch air. He sucks. No, he doesn't suck. That's what I mean. But he did have some bad drops. Mm-hmm. Well how
0: obviously we know that the them just winning the game is super important for the playoffs because it gets you the one seed it gets you the bye and uh, a lot of stuff in front of you. But just in terms of let's say I guarantee you they're going to win. Like how important is it to you that they win the game by because they're they're like 9 point favorites. How important is it that they win a game where you feel comfortable about it like it's it's a 10 point win or 14 point win versus if they do have to kind of eke it out again like we've seen over all these other Honestly, games.
1: I don't think it matters how they win the game. I really don't. I mean, this is this is, this is is what the Chiefs have been. They've been kind of dominant but still eke out wins, or they've been pretty good and shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times but still get wins. I don't think it matters, especially because if you guarantee they win, you know they're getting the one seed. Mm-hmm. So I don't think at that point it doesn't matter how they win. I really don't think it
0: matters. I don't think so really either because, I mean, you just saw it last week. Raiders almost beat the 49ers. And it, it's funny because – the high bar that the Chiefs have set is basically what creates this this drama and feeling uneasy about these close wins. But when other teams do it, when like the 49ers do it and they go on a roll, it's like, oh, they're the hottest team in the NFL. It's based or, on or expectations. Just forget about it. Yes, it's just based on expectations. You don't expect the 49ers to be on the Chiefs level with Brock Purdy. So when they win a game, even if it's close, it's like, wow, that defense. Whereas the Chiefs win a game close, it's like. What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? They didn't cover the spread. You know, or, or not Patrick Holmes, or What's wrong with the Chiefs, right? Um, they're, they're still fifth in the NFL in point differential,
1: which, you know, ideally... Also, they are also number one in points per game. Yeah. Also. But so, just barely. I think Dallas is like half a point point. I number. definitely think you would feel better if they won
0: by 14 points, but also, whenever they get to their first playoff game, and if they win this game, and then you have the bye week, and your first playoff game is the division round. Would we really, as they're entering into the division round, be like, Oh you know, man. I didn't know if they were going to beat the Chargers, but two weeks ago they beat the Raiders by 17, and now I feel great about it. Yeah, no, it we're matter. not. We're not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So just win the game. I think you're right. Just yep. win the game. Win the game. It'd be nice nothing if you want it matters. pretty, but yeah.
1: Win the game and don't have anybody get seriously injured and nothing else
0: matters. All right, I got a couple props for this game. Over under one and a half sacks from
1: Crosby and Chandler Jones combined. I would like to go under, but I suspect it will be over, so I guess I'll go with uh, with over. Yeah, I think I'm going to go know. This, over. This also could be a game where, especially if the Chiefs are up early, Andy Reid just just decide Andy Reid might just decide. You know what? Save let's the, the play, Yeah, let's just yeah. run speed dive every play and just let Pacheco be a maniac. No, we've
0: absolutely seen that happen before. So last game when they played, Crosby had two sacks, and. Uh, Chandler Jones did not have one, but I want to say he had like a quarterback pressure at least. I remember him being in on like a big hit on Mahomes. So it was was over last game. I'd probably lean over this game. Okay. Uh, Okay, more sacks from a, Ch- a C Jones, Chandler Jones or Chris Jones?
1: Oh, Chris Jones,
0: easily. Yeah, I'll go Chris Jones as well. Easily, over under one and a half special teams mistakes.
1: I'm gonna go under. I think the I think the Chiefs special teams are gonna have a clean game and it's gonna level everybody into that's a sense bold. of security and everyone's gonna be like, Oh, special teams, you know we're fine, and then they're gonna screw it up in the play in the playoffs. Okay, so what counts as a special team's
0: mistake? Obviously if you miss a PAT or field goal, that's a mistake. If you If you return get like- a
1: kick a- and get a holding, that counts. Okay. If
0: you, you get a punt or, or kick puns. blocked, yeah, obviously muff punt or, or, or fumble. Kick off. I'll say over.
1: Okay, I guess if what we're in penalties. What if you penalties... return a kick
0: to, like, the 12? That's a mistake, right? If we're right? throwing in penalties, I yeah. might have to go over Or you here, field actually. a punt
1: at the 3, get tackled at the 6. Like, that's a mistake. Because, listen, I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say it. When you return a kickoff, one of two things happens. Either you get tackled at the 14, or you hold. Those are the only two outcomes. Those are the only two outcomes when you return kicks.
0: I'm going to laugh so hard if they get a kick return touchdown. Um, yeah, no, I'm going over, though. Largest Chiefs lead over under 13 and a half points. I'll go over. I'll go over. I could see them getting up 14, and then, like you said, they sit on it and it's too close for comfort at the end. It,
1: 27 to 10, but then the final score is 27 24.
0: Which bet would you rather take? Chiefs minus 9 or over for 52 and a half?
1: Probably Chiefs minus 9.
0: I like the over better. Chiefs get. I don't know. 34-21. Chiefs defense is good. 34-24. Chiefs defense is good. Yeah, they still give up 24 to the Broncos. I know
1: it's not all their fault. Chiefs defense is good. You do have to factor that in. They'll probably have a couple turnovers, special
0: teams mistakes. According
1: to the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense is good. (laughs) Okay. That's all that matters. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek
0: Johnson. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. Terry Nooner, KU Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach, joins us on the other side. This is (laughs) RCSD. Welcome back in, special guest joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. That would be one Terry Nooner, the KU Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach, and it's quite the big one for KU on Saturday, taking on the Baylor Bears. Pregame will start at 345, tip off 4 o'clock right here on KLWN. You can go out to the game at Allen Fieldhouse Top 25 Showdown between the Bears and the Jayhawks. Uh, before we get to that, though, into that game, back-to-back Big 12 wins to open up the season for you guys, both by 15 or more points. What has gone right for you all to, to lead to those positive results?
2: Um, I think the biggest thing is uh, our preparation has been uh, awesome. Um, our first two conference games, it was good for us. Uh, our young ladies were able to reset after a tough trip overtime loss to Nebraska. Get some family time and came back locked in and understanding that this is this is the second season of the year. And so we kind of, um, you know, we were disappointed about the Nebraska loss, but understand we had to reset and get focused and get ready for conference play. I think the other part is I think we're finally starting to get all the way healthy.
0: And, and the Nebraska loss specifically, I mean, playing a game that goes to triple overtime, did that kind of work out that immediately after you had all that time off for players to kind of get back rested?
2: Yeah, well, Coach Brandon was big on He wanted to try to give us some type of um, real challenge before the break, which is why we, we wanted to play on the road against a preseason top 25 team. Um so we just just give ourselves a test um you know they always have hostile crowds and we understand to to win and compete for a big tour championship you got to play in Ames and and Manhattan and all these different places so let's test ourselves early on and see where we are and so that way we can see our growth and we have to face those uh that type of adversity during conference season
0: Tiana Jackson right now is averaging a ridiculous sixteen points over eighteen rebounds per game through those first two Big Twelve games. It seems like her progression was already great from what she did last year to getting even better this year. But is she getting even better over the course of this season?
2: <laughs> I think she is. Um, I, I think the biggest part with uh, with Twin was she she really. Uh, worked her tail off this summer to become a better player there was a she really wanted to focus on being a a more consistent offensive player for us and she wanted to be stronger and she wanted to be in a lot better shape and those are the things she locked in on and because she locked in on those things during the summer it's really starting to pay off for her now
0: does it feel like she is deep in the running to to possibly
2: win big 12 player of the year (laughs) No, i'm not i mean we have some great players you have um jones and Harmon and and williams at uh harman at texas jones at iowa state um williams at ou so you know there are some tough candidates and big big time players all across our league i don't think that's really a concern of ours we, we just understand that you will get uh individual success if our team plays well so she's really locked in on um, winning games and, and and helping our team do, do the best she, that we can. I mean, she's been a winner. Uh, you know, Trinity Valley. She was in the championship game and final four both years, so she's always won everywhere everywhere she's been. So she's just locked in on winning. Um, she's always gonna have a chip on her shoulder. So I mean, that helps us out a lot. But I think if, if we win games and, and we keep playing well, all of our players—her, uh, KB, Holly, and the rest of our guys—they they will all. Uh, get their individual accolades, but it's going to be always tied to winning.
0: We're talking with Terry Nooner here on RCST. Holly has back-to-back 20-plus point games through the first two Big 12 matchups, and it was, it was kind of a, an interesting non-con for her because... We know she's a really good shooter, but the shots weren't necessarily falling from beyond the arc. Now, in those two Big 12 games, she's shooting 40% from three. Does it feel like she's she's kind of back to, to that point where uh, she's going to be hitting shots? Or, or was it something where it was just, ah, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, they're going to fall. Was there a change? I I guess take me through uh, what's kind of gone on there w- with her shooting this year. Oh, yeah.
2: That, I mean, that's been the message is just to – because Holly's Tolly's a gym rat, so she's in the gym every day shooting and, and fine-tuning her game. Um... So, so, we understood I mean, as great of a shooter as she was that eventually she wasn't going to shoot that percentage for the whole year, and that's been our message to her when you get your shots, take the shots, and eventually they're going to fall because of all the hard work you put in, how open you are on the floor and the other thing I think has helped is with uh twin playing so we're off offensively in the in the post I think that's gave her even more clean looks because teams can't just come into a game and key on her because they're trying They're trying to help the team or take away post players, which is going to leave our guards open. Which So that's helping her. That's helping, helping KB. I think that's helped both of them on the perimeter.
0: Well, was that frustrating for her at all that she felt like she was doing all the right things but they weren't going in? Or as a veteran player, was she kind of able to keep steady Eddie there?
2: I mean, I think it's frustrating in the sense of she's a competitor. And but it, it wasn't to the point where she was like frustrated where, you know, she don't understand what's going on. I think I mean, she was first in my conference last year. And, and when you're a, when you're a player who puts in the type of work that she puts in, I think she understands that eventually the slump is she's going to come out of the slump. And we always said, once we really got her back to shooting, how we knew she could shoot, that was going to unlock everything and we were really going to be dangerous.
0: Well, meanwhile, while those two with Holly and Tiana have been playing really well, so has Zakiya Franklin. And, and I feel yeah. like she's been one of the most underrated players in the Big 12 so far this season. And just whatever you need her to do, score 20 points, grab 10 <laughs> rebounds, get five yep. assists. She, she'll just do it, whatever you need that day. Uh, kind of talk about her game and, and how it's evolved and, and what she's brought to the table so
2: far this year. I think what's opened up her game, and, and again, it's all the things I'm telling you kind of goes back to uh, offseason work. She really worked hard this off season to improve her three-point shot, because a lot of times people people didn't show her as much respect shooting threes because she was so good at getting to the basket where she she had a stretch during this season when she was shooting high forties almost fifty percent from three so now people have to respect her from three. it opens up driving lanes. The other thing I think it helped has helped her is uh Having Yvette Mayberry, so Zakiya doesn't have to work, worry about running the point all the time and running the team, um, so we can put her on the wings a lot of times, and she can score from different places that she hasn't had opportunities to score from. So I think that's helped a lot, where we can put her out on the wing, put her in different spots, and just tell her to go get a buck in when she doesn't have to worry about calling plays, running the plays. and putting, She can just focus on that one thing, and I think that's really unlocked her. So having Yvette Mayberry has helped her out. Talking with Terry
0: Nooner, associate KU women's basketball head coach, ahead of their game on Saturday, tomorrow against the Baylor Bears. Again, pregame 345, tip off 4 o'clock here on KLWN. You can also go on out to Allen Fieldhouse for the top 25 showdown. And uh, you hung with them in Waco last year. You nearly beat them in Lawrence, a game that you guys were up very late to the last uh, minute, 30 seconds or so. How much confidence do those meetings in 2022 against a team who has typically been a team that wins the Big 12 or is going to Final Fours. How much did last year give you guys confidence that you can hang with some of those top teams and, and that you can hang with them this year as well?
2: I mean, I think it gave us a lot of comfort, confidence. I, I think um, in years past it was it was always going to be it, it seemed like when you start the season you started the season with two losses because Baylor was so good um, that um, having a chance to play them in a competitive game and and feeling like we should have won the home game last year when we had them down Um, and they still had you know Melissa Smith and Queen Evo who were two first-round top-ten picks I think gave us a lot of confidence which helped us propel us through the rest of the conference season and in the postseason last year. So I think we're confident. Um, We still have a chip on our shoulder. We haven't beat Baylor since 2014, so it's not overconfidence. We understand the threat that they are. We understand how good they are especially their guards they play a little different now they're, they don't play as big with coach mokey being gone but they're still a big time threat and they're the champion so you have to knock off the champion
0: so what are the keys as, as far as what they're going to bring to the table what you guys need to do well to to come out with the victory tomorrow
2: uh the biggest biggest few things is, is making sure we keep their guards out the paint um they play three Dynamic guards who are great uh, in our offense. They run a lot of, a whole lot of ball screens. Um, each possession to our ball screen defense is going to have to be great. Um, that's one of the things we pride ourselves on being good at, for so having great ball screen defense, keeping them out the paint, and really just trying to dominate the paint.
0: All right, I got a couple fun ones to finish up with you here. Do you have
2: a New Year's resolution? I didn't create a formal New Year's resolution. I guess mentally it was just to. i worked out um, every day since the New Year started. I've changed my eating habits a little bit. So just trying to get myself in better condition, better, better shape, and health overall would be probably my one. And to read more books, like I need to read more physical books and not just the ones on my phone. Oh, those are those are both good ones. Do you
0: if if you had to pick one other coach? Who is most likely to accomplish their
2: new year's resolution? who would it be on our staff? Yes, it would probably be uh the new coach It would probably be uh uh probably coach Corala um she just recently got got engaged uh, over christmas break um so I'm sure. Her New Year's resolution is probably gonna be something that a bride would want to accomplish. I know with my wife, we were engaged, she was focused on making sure she was the skinniest, smallest person she could be. So those wedding pictures could look dynamic. So I'm sure her I'm sure her New Year's resolution is gonna be somehow connected to a wedding and being a fiance and, and she's not go not me, her New Year's resolution if it's connected to that
0: love it well coach i appreciate the time and uh good luck tomorrow against the bears thank you Rock out that was terry nooner ku women's basketball associate head coach joining us here on rock Jock sports talk ku winning their first two big 12 matchups with oklahoma state and texas tech tech uh finished to or picked the finish around kind of the the middle like around six seven range of the big 12 um So this one will certainly be the jump up because it's really that top five or top six in the Big 12 that could all be like really, really good NCAA tournament teams. And uh, this is the one that, you know, you got to show up, you got to try to win if you want to prove that you don't just want to be one of the top teams in the Big 12 and makes the NCAA tournament, which both those things should be Kansas. You win this game. All of a sudden, people are talking about you being a true Big 12 title threat this season with the way that Kansas has played, I think they absolutely are a Big 12 title threat, and I think Tyana Jackson is a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate, and and maybe even the front runner right now, as we kind of talked about yesterday on the uh, KU Mailbag. But uh, certainly tomorrow going to be a fun one. Pre-game 3:45, tip-off 4 o'clock here on KLWN. After the women's game ends here on KLWN, we'll switch over to the conclusion of the men's game. You can hear the entirety of the men's game over on our sister station, 105.9 KISS. You can also go on out to Allen Fieldhouse for the Top 25 Showdown with Baylor and Kansas. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got some KU Player audio to share with you. Jalen Wilson spoke with the media ahead of the game in West Virginia in Morgantown coming up tomorrow as well. We'll share that on the other side. 5 o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Out early today at 5.50. That's when pregame coverage of Bishop Seabury Veritas Christian starts up. For the girls game, Sam Speck, Cole Butar on the call. Nick Springer will be on the call of the boys game with Cole, which will be about 20 or so minutes after the conclusion of the girls game. We're going to get to our game picks to finish out the show, but before we do that, let's get to another edition of our sports stock market here on RCST. First up. Stock is up on double edged blades and bittersweet things. Okay. Because the negative side of this, Missouri basketball is actually good. What? Yeah?
1: No, no they're not.
0: I mean, they, they beat Kentucky. Who listen? Kentucky job, Kentucky has not been like great this year. Like everybody was saying preseason number one, number two team. I feel like everybody well, had okay. them there.
1: This is going. I'm gonna tell you exactly what's gonna happen with Kentucky Mm because this has already happened with Kentucky before. They have like talent-wise, one of the top five teams in the country, but they're gonna screw around. They're (laughs) gonna get like nine or ten losses, and they're gonna and then they're gonna be like a six seed, and then they're just gonna railroad everybody all the way to the final four.
0: It could. I just I I don't think this team shoots, and and there's a turning of the tide on on John Calipari that he's he has not adjusted his offense at all over the years and. I don't know. But uh, Missouri, they, they beat Kentucky by 14 at home. The game before that, they beat Illinois on a neutral floor. And Illinois has also is been a weird team. Top
1: 25 team, you think, but. They beat I them don't by know. 22.
0: Yeah, Illinois is a weird team because they, they opened up the season and it was like this could be a top five, top 10 team in the country. They beat UCLA. They, they lose allegedly to Virginia. beat Kansas in the yeah, scrimmage. Yeah, by a point in like a half of basketball, um, which. You know, it's just a half of basketball. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, but they've struggled since then, and now they're like 40th on Ken Palm. So again, I, I don't know. Maybe Illinois and Kentucky just aren't that good. But you have to at least admit then, with Missouri, they beat a top 50 UCF squad. You blow out Illinois. You, you blow out Kentucky. This is at least like an NCAA tournament team at this point. Uh,
1: okay, And then they fine. only lost by
0: six at Arkansas, who's a top 10 team. Sure. Okay, fine. So they're that actually makes the Kansas one look good. way better. And yes, that That's is the, the other part sword, of this right? double-edged sword. Yeah. The Kansas win over Missouri now looks
1: a whole lot better. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know where where does that rank among
1: KU wins right now? I mean, you beat it. You beat what you have just described as a NCAA tournament team. They're like thirty fourth on Ken Palm. Thirty two. Yeah. On the road. Thirty two. Right. Thirty three. Ninety five. Sixty. You know, 28?
0: More, uh, when you when you start winning by that much, you like lose count of <laughs> it. Was uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. I mean, if we go by Ken Palm ranks, that was their. it doesn't sound as good as I thought, but it's it's close. It'd be their fifth best win. Duke would be their highest. Or no, I'm sorry. Indiana would be their highest Ken Palm win, nineteenth. Duke would be second at twenty third. Yeah, Oklahoma is another, State third Duke is at twenty sixth.
1: Kind of fallen off.
0: Yeah. Um, Tech would be fourth at thirty second. Missouri fifth at thirty fourth. How about this? West Virginia. We talked about this earlier in the show. Ranked twentieth. That means if Kansas wins at West Virginia on Saturday, now West Virginia could drop in the rankings at that point. But. That would be Kansas's second-best win by Ken Palm Rank. And because it would be on the road versus the Indiana one being at home, basically what I'm saying is KU, if they win at West Virginia, it's their yeah, best it's win of the season? Probably
1: be their best win, yeah.
0: That's pretty wild. This <laughs> is not like a, a ranked team in, in like the AP Top 25.
1: Yeah, I know. I saw uh, there, were, there was some discussion on Twitter. I don't, I, I didn't remember exactly, but it was like somebody was saying, like, oh, well Kansas should be number one in the country now. And somebody was like, oh, well they beat two unranked teams <laughs> and they barely beat them when they needed the help of the officials. Like, dude. The Big 12 is the best conference in the entire country, and they beat two d mm-hmm. Like, what? What? Else, what? More do you want?
0: <laughs> okay, stock is up on Alabama football. Maybe oh. saying what? How could it go even further? Well, I think it's taking a bit of a dip this year. You you miss out on the playoff. You lost in the title <laughs> to Georgia. Is Georgia the new Alabama? Yeah. You know, those yeah. those are all the questions. It's yeah. like certainly I mean, if
1: Georgia wins the title this year, they they've got to yes. be. At least on the same playing field as Alabama.
0: Well, that's the thing. I I think that Alabama is certainly one of the premier programs in the country, but what we're used to with Alabama is that they are the premier program in the country, and if Georgia wins it all this year, you have to say Georgia is the premier program at this point in time. It would have won back-to-back titles, including over Alabama um, in 2021. 22. 22. (laughs) It was a 21 season, 22 playoffs. Um, But after... The semifinal games happened. Georgia is number one in the Sagarin ratings, which you may be wondering what that is. It's just like a rating system, kind of like a a Ken Palm, but with college football. Not as detailed, but it's one of those rating systems, essentially. I think it went into the computer poll. I think it was part of the computer poll that the BCS used to use was part of the Sagarin ratings. And college football recognizes, technically the Sagarin champion, you can claim a national championship off of that if you would like, okay. if you were number 1 in the Sagarin ratings.
1: But I would guess that generally the national generally champion they, was the number 1 team in the...
0: Yes. Or and, you just and don't to be a tool about it. Well, and... generally because of the college football playoff, you're not going to claim a title because it expands, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the pre, I guess whatever days when you didn't have it, you, you could... Point to this and be like, well, we were number one in that. We're going to claim that title. So Georgia's number one. TCU is number eight. Okay. Meaning if TCU beats Georgia, TCU is not going to be able to jump all the way to number one. Probably not. Georgia would probably fall from number one. And you know who number two is in the Sagarin ratings? That would be Alabama. (laughs) Meaning that if TCU beats Georgia... Alabama technically can claim a national title.
1: Well, and if TCU beats Georgia, then Alabama would have a transitive win over TCU because they beat K-State who just beat TCU. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs>
0: I didn't even think about that. So there you go. And they blew out, they blew out K-State. So like, exactly. yeah. You have a and they can just sit there and be like, "Well, we never got to play Georgia." Because they didn't. Yeah. They didn't yeah. play Georgia this That's year. True. They would have been like, yeah. you know, we would have blown out Georgia yeah. too. If LSU didn't get a, a fluky two point play against us, we play them in the SEC title and we beat them.
1: Yeah, and then you're in the playoff. I don't think they would claim it.
0: No, but it would be. funny I mean, this if would they be
1: did. this would be like astronomical levels of tool mm-hmm. to claim <laughs> <laughs> to claim this as a national championship if that happened. Yeah, it's like you have two
0: losses. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Okay, uh, stock
0: is up. No, I'm sorry, stock is down.
1: Oh, well, you gotta get that right, man.
0: Stock is down on the lie that coaches tell about never paying attention to what's going on in the media. You see this all the time. Coaches will be like, Oh, I don't I don't watch Sports Center or I don't pay I've attention never, to what you're writing Yeah, or, I've never read you, a single article yeah.
1: about anybody. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that they're paying attention to everything or that they're listening to every show or watching every show. But like there there's this one I, I think picture of like Mac Brown where he is like in his office and on the the computer screen is a like the twenty four seven sports page for, <laughs> for Texas Longhorns and he would say <laughs> in his press conferences, like, I don't read anything you guys do. Like to some level. Again, I'm not saying they read every article or listen yeah. to everything, but like they're at least watching Sports Center. They or they are. might be
1: plugged into it exactly extent. they have
0: somebody telling them yeah maybe they're not the ones reading it but they have somebody reading it for them to tell them if they said anything about them or the program <laughs> in it that's just what <laughs> happens right because but but it's it's smart <clears throat> I'm not saying it's like sour grapes it's it's yeah. keep an eye on yeah where the pulse of the program oh no, yeah
1: no I, yeah it's not it's you definitely want to know what the public yeah uh, opinion of your of your team is
0: so this is uh Jim McElwain, who is the former Florida head coach most notable for the <laughs> Uh, denial of the naked shark picture, which he was asked about, and he had to deny it over and over again and was not happy with it. Um, so he ends up getting fired from Florida, eventually takes over at Central Michigan. They had a really good year last season. I think they uh, either played for the MAC title or won the MAC title a season ago. This year, they took a step back. And
1: Yeah, I don't even, I don't even think they made a bowl game this
0: year. No, they didn't. Uh, somebody... It could be Jim McElwain. It could not be Jim McElwain because it'd be easy to, you know, hide behind a, a fake name. But um, on the Central Michigan, one of their, like, forums, one of their boards is the, the Chippewa, Chippewa Index. It, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't read that. The last <laughs> word of it. Nonetheless, one of their forums, their message boards, it's somebody by the name Jim McElwain is the username. No, <laughs> like, number. It's not like Jim McElwain, you know, 800. 800- 24 or whatever. It's just Jim McElwain. He says in the post, This is head coach Jim McElwain and I wanted to post on here to communicate with our fans and alumni that this past season was unacceptable. There's not a single person on this staff or in this locker room that is anywhere near happy with our on-field product. I'm here to let you know we won't accept failure on the field or in the classroom. This upcoming season, there will be significant improvement. And that is a promise. Stay tuned for some exciting development. Fire up chips! Exclamation mark.
1: Okay, you want to know what my you want to know what my immediate reaction to this is? Yes. Central Michigan has message boards. <laughs> what? I didn't even know that. Are you kidding me?
0: How far down the list do you think we have to go for teams that have message boards? Like, do you think D two teams have message boards? No. No well, chance. Well,
1: I mean, if Central Michigan has it, then I mean, like a really good D two, like a Ferris State. Like this like North Dakota state probably they has
0: 100% have one. Yes. Yeah.
1: South Dakota state yeah. probably has best mm-hmm. But I mean after like the top 10 FCS teams probably not. Mm, probably not. And then D2 uh, I don't know.
0: I think it's dependent on regionality too. Like if you're if you're even like a if you're usually the 15th to 20th best FCS team but you're like let's say it's like Montana State and they, there's Montana no, there, State
1: probably has. The best there's sports. like nothing
0: else out there. There's yeah. there's no NFL teams. There's no yeah. professional teams. No, like that's, that's all they have to do, right? That's true.
1: But well, and think about it. If, if you're if you're a Texas team, even if you're like a D2 yes. Texas team, you you probably have.
0: Just because it's Texas. Just because it's Texas. Yeah.
1: But like if you're if you're
0: somewhere where most people are just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna root for the nearby <laughs> D1 school. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's probably not the case. So do you think it's actually him? Do you think that's actually him?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I see no reason to believe that it's like, there's not There's nothing
0: him. in there that would... It would be one thing if it was like a message and he was just like roasting himself. It'd be like, okay, this is clearly somebody <laughs> trying to play a joke. But like that, they're, they're very serious stuff. There'd be nothing in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I,
1: Yeah, nothing there indicates that there would be any reason for you to think that it's fake. But also, message boards are notorious for fake stuff. Yes. <laughs> so... But again, what would
0: be the... Unless... Wait, here it is. If you are somebody who is trying to play a joke here, okay. If you just go on and you you put, you know, I'm Jim McElwain, and you say all this stupid suck, stuff. And I saw I'm Stupid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everyone. Would everybody knows know know a joke. Yes. You have to establish trust first. <laughs> this establishes trust. So he does a couple more of these parts. So posts. are you
1: saying that in the sometime in the future this account is going? It's to, a setup. Yes. It's a setup. It's a long okay. game.
0: He, he is basically, he's going to do a couple more trustworthy posts here and there, and then eventually, he'll get to a point where he does something like that. So
1: basically, what we need is for whoever the, the reporters are that cover Central Michigan to ask Jim McElwain, hey, <laughs> is this you? Is this you?
0: <laughs> yes. Correct. <laughs> what if he lies about it? And then we have no idea. I don't know.
1: Why would he? Well, if it's not him, why would he lie?
0: Well, no, like, what if it is him, but he doesn't want... Well, then Public that, to know? I don't, well, I don't know. Then, it defeats all purpose, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Because that then they just go back to the argument of, well, you know, Chippewa fan 724 is Jim McElwain.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: see, it does make you wonder
0: to that point if clearly he has gone on there. I wonder how many coaches across the country have, have yes, have like a burner account on the message board. Does Bill self? Mm. No, but probably. Somebody, like, it, going back to the idea that, like you know, like, I don't coach. think Bill Self leads, reads everything, but I'm sure somebody tells him if something came up, like, in an article, right? Okay. So you're telling me that Bill Self fan 100 <laughs> is not Bill Self? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, stock is up on Bobby Petrino. Bobby petrino <laughs> This is also a uh, Chris Bearding, and no, I don't mean from the uh, assault standpoint. Um, Bobby Petrino was the Missouri State head coach. Yep, had a good season. Ooh. They're going to be they playing Kansas play next Kansas. year. Yeah. yeah, but not with Bobby Petrino, he was hired by UNLV to be their offensive coordinator. Which Bo- Bobby Petrino, by the way, is the biggest like cockroach of all time in terms of you cannot kill this man.
1: Yeah, you can't you kill can't a cockroach.
0: Of- you cannot get rid of this man. Yeah, he yeah. he has the whole Atlanta Falcons thing, but then gets a, a great college job with uh, uh, Arkansas. Then he has the the. The cheating on his wife stuff and the the neck brace with like the motorcycle accident, and, and he still gets another college job after that. Um, Wasn't he at Ole Miss? Yeah. Wait. No. Where 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 was his last college job? It was definitely a big job. But anyway, while well, I looked that up, um, so he takes the UNLV job. Yep. There for two weeks as the offense coordinator, and then Texas A and M comes to Colin and he's like peace. Yep. He went back to Louisville. That's right, because he was coaching Lamar Jackson.
1: Oh, okay And
0: then he gets fired again And it's like, okay, maybe this is finally the end to Bobby Petrino and it's like, no, he gets a Missouri State head coaching job Now he's working his way back up So two weeks later, he's at Texas A&M Which, by the way, the Texas A&M coaching staff is Is a
1: disaster It
0: is, yeah, you have Jimbo Fisher, Mr. Gigantic Buyout yep. uh, You have and DJ now- Durkin, at defensive coordinator Who was the Maryland head coach when the player died As part of, like, conditioning Yep And now you have Bobby Petrino as the offensive coordinator That's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's that's something.
0: But see why I said it was Chris Bearding. Chris Beard did the exact same thing with UNLV. He went from Arkansas Little Rock, and they were the, I think, 12 seed. They upset Purdue in the first round of the tournament in, like, crazy game. He gets the job at UNLV to be their head coach, takes it. Like a week or two later, Texas Tech comes a call in, takes the job. Bobby Petrino did just that. But also, this is is the most Bobby Petrino thing of all time. So is
1: UNLV cursed? I guess so. I mean— I don't, they're probably I don't know.
0: sitting there going, like, they have like a two week countdown <laughs> where they're like, okay, if we can make it past the two weeks, we're good. But yeah, that sucks for them. Man. Uh stock is up on the World Health Organization being narcs. Here's the Wait, uh, what
1: why do we hate the World <laughs> Health Organization? We
0: don't hate them. They're just narcs. Oh, okay. Um This is from the Daily Mail in uh England. This is the headline. No amount of alcohol is safe. World Health Organization experts warn. What? World Health Organization researchers accepted that drinking may provide some small health benefits, such as lowering the risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes, but the team argued these are clearly outweighed by booze's adverse effects. Excessive alcohol consumption could permanently damage the liver and cause cancer, they warned.
1: Okay, advert. the term adverse effects, definitely up for debate. I mean, some of the effects, that's the whole purpose of drinking. Right? Yeah. It says,
0: NHS recommendations state adults shouldn't drink more than 14 units each week. That's 14 single shots of spirit or 6 pints of beer or a bottle and a half of wine over the course of a week. That's kind of a lot. They should also spread their drinking over 3 or more days to avoid binging. I mean, yeah, that is a good six, amount,
1: but 6 pints of beer a week, like that's kind of that's 1 pint a night basically. That's kind no, of No, but lot. they said you have to spread it out.
0: Over well, exactly. three or more one, days. So it should be have two one, pints over three days if a you week. have
1: one pint a night, mm-hmm. one pint a day, that's... That, yeah, but well, they're, to... that. they're saying don't do
0: that. They're saying don't do that. They said spread it out. They're basically no, that saying... that would be
1: spreading it out. No, one they're not. Night? They're saying spread it out to just three days
0: a week, basically. Oh. What? So it'd be like two...
1: Well, what's the difference between that and what I just said? <laughs> I don't know. That's stupid.
0: They have their reasons.
1: Wow. That doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. Mm. I mean...
0: Nerds. I don't know. <laughs> Our last one. Stock is up on early April Fool's Day for NFL Network.
1: Okay. Did I didn't you even, see this last night? I didn't even see this until he this deleted morning. the tweet. So, okay, I didn't see this until this morning, but I caught the gist of it. Okay. I guess you can explain it a little better.
0: Yeah. So, so last night, Dick Vitale just goes on Twitter and fires off a tweet: <laughs> "An important NFL matchup. Lions lead Packers 15 to six early in the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers. He, he added Aaron Rodgers to has thrown interceptions in the red zone." The Lions' D has been super. And at first... Wait a second. At first, people were like, can he see the future? But then it was like, wait a minute. Wait, did that that happen?
1: Yes. Remember
0: the earlier matchup this
1: year? So they were replaying it on NFL Network? They were replaying it on NFL Network,
0: and he thought it was the Thursday night game this week. He later tweeted, I was absolutely fooled and hysterical. I thought the Lions-Packer game was played tonight. Give me a turnover, baby. (laughs) So he was fooled. I wonder. It just makes me wonder how many people there do you think other were fooled. Old
1: people that right, are, or I guess they don't necessarily have to be because old. Because you figured,
0: hey, it's Thursday night. Typically, there's a game. Yeah. And hey, okay. Packers
1: lines. They but are actually playing this week. The tip off would be, the Thursday night games are on are on Amazon.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they would. But thought, if you're I don't old
1: know. and you don't remember that exactly, or you don't know exactly. Then you're like, oh, <laughs> like wow, oh, lines. The games lines on are the NFL players. Network. The games on NFL Network this week. All right, sweet. Yeah.
0: He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's our sports stock market. Finish things up with game picks. This is RCST. It's that time of the week on Rock Chalk Sports Talk for game picks of the biggest games ahead from this weekend.
1: what well, that sounds great. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football.
0: Right here on FM 1017 and 1320
1: KLWN. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it.
0: That time of the week for another edition of our game picks here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. After this segment, we'll be out a few minutes early today on RCST. Bishop Seabury, Veritas Christian, a little uh, girls basketball at 6 o'clock. Boys game a little after that. Sam Speck, de Butar on the call of the girls game. Nick and Cole will be on the call of the boys game a little bit after that. Tomorrow we have uh, KU women's basketball pregame 345. Tip-off at 4 o'clock here on KLWN. After the women's game is over, we'll switch over to whatever's left of the coverage of the KU men's game and then the post game after that. If you want the entirety of the men's game, you can hear that on our sister station tomorrow with 105.9 KISS, 105.9 KISSFM.com and the 105.9 KISS app. On to this week's edition of Game Picks. Nick, you on the football side are 81-94-5.
1: Yeah, I had a bad week last week.
0: Yeah, you're 97, 112, and 7 if you include the locks. I am 86, 90, and five, but I am just ninety-nine, one, twelve, and five if we include the locks.
1: So your locks are anti-locks.
0: Yes, very Whatever much so. you
1: pick as your lock, the opposite is going to happen. If
0: we we combined your locks with my regular record, I think we'd be doing okay. <laughs> um, last week you went four and six between college and the NFL, not including locks. I went six and four. We'll start in college. Not a lot this weekend. You went four and two in college last weekend. You were forty two and fifty five there. you go. I am also forty-two and fifty-five in college after three okay, and three last so week. Is so this is kind of a big week. This is a week. big weekend. Yeah. I mean, these are the final games. Um, I will not be here on Monday. You can further preview the TCU Georgia game if you'd like on uh that day, but we'll give yeah. our game picks for it now. First up though, we're gonna stick to the FCS title game. That's this weekend. Battle of the Dakotas, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. But it's the Jackrabbits who are favored by okay. five points.
1: Everyone wants to talk about, oh, is Georgia overtaking Bama? Is Georgia the new Bama? <laughs> Who's the number one? You know what I want you know what's more important to me? What's more mm-hmm. interesting to me? Has South Dakota State overtaken North Dakota State? I mean, North That's Dakota the State real has won discussion. what? Like
0: ten titles in twelve years? But South
1: Dakota State, man, they are coming. And I'm picking the Jackrabbits. Give me South Dakota State.
0: Um South Dakota State. Really good, man. They, they beat them in the regular season. Yeah, their one loss was to Iowa in that disgusting game to open up the season 7-3. to three. Um, But it was a close game when they beat North Dakota State. It was 23-21. to 21. Now, albeit that game was played in the Fargo Dome in North Dakota. Um,
1: this is in Frisco.
0: But yes. This is in Frisco, Texas. Yes. But South Dakota State, too, was down in that game. North Dakota State was up 21-7 to seven at halftime. Then it was 21-17 heading into the fourth quarter. South Dakota State kicks a game-winning field goal with 3:49 to go from 18 yards out to to eventually win by two. It's about as short of a field goal as you could have. My point there is being that I think these two teams are very close together, so I think five points is too many. I wouldn't okay. be surprised South Dakota State wins, but I think five is just too many points, especially for a team who just wins it every single year. Give me North Dakota State plus the five points. Okay. On to the FBS national title game. I I, I think it's funny that we have number three TCU. Technically if there was a poll that would have came two? out, they would have just like if they were they'd still doing two. weekly polls, they'd be number two. Yeah. Anyway, uh number three TCU versus number one Georgia. The Bulldogs are giving up twelve and a half.
1: Man, this is tough because I, I wanna say that I think TCU has a chance, but I just uh, I, I don't I don't know. I'm taking Georgia here. TCU, they needed two pick sixes. They needed a one of the worst overturned touchdown calls of all time into a fumble <laughs> by Michigan, like I yeah, I'm gonna go with Georgia here. I just I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it. I'll take Georgia.
0: I I feel like the bet if you want TCU is TCU first half. Like, cause couldn't you see them hanging around in the first half? It's a seven point game at half. Like I don't know what the halftime spread sure. is. Maybe it's only six or, or something. Sure. But well, I obviously,
1: see- Georgia was they, Georgia didn't look great in the first half against Ohio yes. State.
0: Yeah, and, and then Georgia just kind of grinds them in the second half and and they hit a few plays and then they pull away and they win by 14 to 21 points. That's kind of how I view it going. But for the game, I'm taking Georgia. I'm hopeful that it's a good game. I'm hopeful that TCU can put up a game. I'd love to see TCU even win the game. It'd also be funny if TCU uh, beat Georgia by more than what they beat Kansas by just so we can have those fun laughs. but, like, I, I, I do think that Max Duggan and Quinton Johnson can expose a little of Georgia because that's that's the one weakness for them that's a bit of the secondary if you can throw the ball downfield. I think they'll be able to do that a little bit. I just don't know. They really need Kendra Miller to play. Right now he's questionable. Mercado Mercado's good, but you need both those guys in this game. And I don't know that they're going to be able to run enough. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think Georgia could just run all over TCU.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. the big worry there. But— Counterpoint to that is Michigan tried to do that and it didn't That's, really yeah. work. Like it didn't really work most of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know how to rank those two teams like in theory I feel like Georgia has better it's players for the offensive line but Michigan better... was averaging more rushing yards per game. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. But I am going to go Georgia. But I think Georgia, yeah. Yeah, minus 12 and a half. Going with my uh head not my heart there. Uh number 3 TCU versus number 1 Georgia over under is 62 and a half.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. I'm gonna go over, but I think the path to the under is very real and very there. Like, it, imagine it just it does kind of become a blowout if Georgia wins the game like, you know, 38 to 17, or even like 41 to you know 20 or whatever. That would cover the under. But I, I'm gonna I have enough faith in TCU to score enough points. I'm taking the over.
0: I'm taking the over as well. I I really like this bet. Um. Because I do think, like I said, TCU has certain ways they can exploit the Georgia defense. Now, consistently, maybe not. And they need Max Duggan to play a great game. But I think TCU can at least put up 28 points. And if they can put up 28 points, but or at least win. 24, right, I think Georgia is going to put up 40-plus. I mean, Michigan put up 45 on TCU, even yeah. by throwing a couple pick-sixes. Yeah, yeah. So I think Georgia puts up 40, maybe 50 points. I I love this over. Lock of the week, you were 10-8 and eight in college.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. Obviously, there's not a ton of options. Uh, I've decided to go with Max Duggan over 28 and a half rushing yards. He's a pretty good runner, and I think for, Mish- for TCU's running game to be successful, they're probably going to need to utilize more option stuff. I-, I mean, if they just try to line up and just run HP dive at him, that's, that's not going to work, I don't think. So I think they- if-, if they want to have success with the run game, they're going to need to utilize more of the QB option and QB running, which Max Duggan's pretty good at. So I'm going to go with Max Duggan over and have rushing yards.
0: So, this one's interesting to me because the one worry for a rushing prop against Georgia when you're a quarterback is that They're college just going to be down and
1: they're just going to throw, or you get sacked. Well, yeah. And
0: in, in college football, the sacks count for negative rushing yards. So, if he gets sacked five times by a really good Georgia front, yeah. that's like negative 30 rushing yards you're going to have to make up for. But here's why I also like it Georgia plays a lot of man to man coverage and. If it's not there on the deep throw, sometimes you just got to take off. And C.J. Yeah. Stroud, for instance, Stroud's not a big runner. In his three previous games ahead of the Georgia game, Stroud had 10 carries for negative one yards. Against Georgia, he had 34 rushing yards. So it's not like a number that jumps off the page. But
1: More than 20 and a half.
0: Yeah, it's a guy who doesn't run a ton. I mean, he had, coming into the game, he had 74 total rushing yards on the year. He... Basically boosted that by 50% in just the one game. So there are going to be opportunities for the quarterback to run.
1: And Duggan is a very capable runner. He is. In fact, he's quite good. He's a
0: better runner than C.J. Stroud.
1: Oh, just, easily. Uh, yeah, Easily.
0: So I, I I lean toward liking it, but there is obviously that risk side with the sacks. I am just 7-11 in college unlocks. I'm going to go with Brock Bowers, over 61.5 receiving yards. Darnell Washington, their gigantic tight end. He's questionable. I don't think he's going to play for Georgia, so that's one less big tight end target for Stetson Bennett to go to. Um, The way TCU plays, they have two really good corners on the outside, but sometimes they can give up a little bit uh, over the middle to tight ends. I think there's an opportunity there for for Brock Bowers to have a big game. He didn't have a big game against Ohio State. I think a bounce back for one of the best players in college football, over 61.5 receiving yards there. On to the NFL. Where last week you went 0 and four, you are Yikes. 39, 36 and five overall. So you're still above 500.
1: Even uh, going even after going 0 four. Yeah, man.
0: I uh, went three and one last week. I am 44, 35 and five in the NFL. First up, this is the battle for the AFC South. Tennessee at Jacksonville. The Jaguars giving up six and a
1: half. Yeah, I'm taking Jacksonville here. They're they're on a run. Tennessee. St- Danks! <laughs> and I think Jacksonville's just going to beat them up. I really do. I mean, think about it. Last year, same situation. Well, not not exactly the same. Where Jacksonville was in a game that was to decide the AFC South, not for Jacksonville, but for the Colts. And Jacksonville just blew their doors off. I mean, they, they, they beat the snot out of them. I suspect this, that will happen in this game, too. I don't think Tennessee's going to show up. I'm taking Jacksonville big.
0: Jacksonville kicked their butt earlier in Tennessee. It was 36-22, but there was a late touchdown from Tennessee that tightened the game a little bit. It was it was like a three-score game for a lot of that game. So that scares me a little, but I I think that Tennessee when they're an underdog, that's when they really like when they're when they're favorites, when they're supposed to be, when they're a one seed, when they're like that's that's when it's like okay, this is not good because you're not that good of a team. Yep. But when they are an underdog, like we saw it against the Chiefs, we, we see it against some of these better teams. They play stingy, they play good defense. That's kind of what I'm banking on here. I don't love that Malik Willis is the starter because he's been terrible so far this season. Yep. And Ryan Tannehill's not a great quarterback, but at least he's like a, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a league average quarterback or something. And, and yeah, that's, he's easily average. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a lot better than what they've been getting out of Malik Willis. But last week, because they knew that this game was all that determined who won the division... Last week in their game, I forget who they were playing, they uh, the Cowboys maybe on Thursday night, they were just like, hey, this game means nothing to us. Let's just rest our starters. We'll use it as a bye week. And they did. And then you had extra time off, too, because it was a Thursday night game. So they're going to be well-rested. Play the underdog role. Derrick Henry back. I think Derrick Henry has a big game. I think they keep it close. I don't know who I think wins it, but I do think it's going to be closer than 6.5, so I'll take Tennessee. Okay. New England at Buffalo. New England doesn't necessarily have to win this to make the playoffs. There's a scenario where if they lose and, like, the Dolphins lose and and the Steelers and all these other teams that they can still make it, but certainly it would help them if they did win. Buffalo, though, coming off that emotional Monday night game, and that could go one of two ways off the DeMar Hamlin thing. Like, either you're – not really focused to play football, which you would totally understand. Or it inspires them and they just kill the Patriots. I don't well, know, but they're giving up seven.
1: There was the news this morning that he was able to FaceTime mm-hmm. and actually speak to some of the some of his teammates and some of the team, which was which is number one. That's just incredible. I mean, truly a miracle, truly remarkable, considering what the situation was. You know, Monday going into Tuesday, like really, really amazing stuff. And and I love seeing all the support for the Buffalo Bills. Medical team who was out there right when it happened that, you know, probably saved his life to where he is now. So really an incredible story. And I originally had penciled on New England, but I think I'm actually going to switch to Buffalo. I think Buffalo is just going to just gonna beat him up. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm also scared of New England because I, I picked the Patriots against the Dolphins last week, and it was just the worst backdoor cover of all time <laughs> against the Patriots. So I'm going to go with Buffalo here.
0: I am gonna go New England. I think that's a lot to play a game off of. Like again, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they did play uplifted and, and just blew them out. But New England also but, playing uh, for their playoff lives.
1: It's certainly emotionally emotionally a Yes,
0: yes, it can. Like think about how draining
1: this week has been for them. You know, yeah, well, and I don't even think they went back to practice until Right yesterday or Wednesday. Well and
0: again, you have the storybook ending of them being able to, to blow them out and I I guess that's not an ending, but a, a kind of storybook finish to the week for them of being able to do that. But like think back to Here's a Kansas one, for instance. The uh, 2012 game, or no, it would have been 2011, Kansas versus Texas. Kansas at that point had this insanely long home court winning streak. I don't know, it was like 30, 40, 50 games, something like that. Um, and it was like the, the Thomas Robinson's mother died, and the next day they like took on Texas, who was a really good team that year, and they lost at home. And that just draining, like I remember hearing stories of like the Morris Twins being up all night with Thomas Robinson and stuff. And that obviously would would certainly get to you in that game. So I, I don't know which way it'll be, but I'm going to go New England plus seven. Uh, New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. Miami has given up two points.
1: The Joe Flacco Bowl. Here we go. <laughs> Joe Flacco. It's actually, it's going to be Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson, Gross. I think. Gross. Yes. Because I think Teddy yeah, Bridgewater is, is out. Yeah, yeah. so Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson with with the playoffs on the line in the year of 2022. <laughs> for both, for, for,
0: the for Dolphins, literally both yeah. teams. No, no, I think the Jets are out because they oh, lost they are? to the Seahawks. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay, okay. Well, anyways, the point still stands. For the playoffs, Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco. Disgusting game. I'm going to go with the Jets, but I mean, like, how can you reasonably pick a game where you have two third-string quarterbacks, Joe Flacco is 100, and <laughs> Skylar Thompson is a rookie, like... I don't know. I'm going to go with the Jets, but I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, I guess I, I like the Jets' running game a little better. I like Flacco a little more than Skyler Thompson. I like the Dolphins' receivers more than I like the Jets. Basically, it's a wash on offense, though. So who am I going to go with? I'll go with the better defense. Jets, by far, have the better defense. That's why I'll take them. But how crazy would it be if the Jets end up winning this game? I believe the Dolphins would finish last in their division
1: Well, did after you see as the re- hot of a start they had. Well, did you see the report that Mike McDaniel might be fired if they lose this game? What? The owner Are you of serious? the Dolphins? Yeah, there was a report that came one out year? That, uh, There was a report that came out that uh, the owner of the Dolphins—I don't remember what his name is or whoever—but they said that the report was basically like he's really, really upset, and if the Dolphins go from eight and three to finishing the season eight and nine, that they might just fire Mike McDaniel.
0: That would be so stupid. He's—he's he's been a—you know, I. I think he's a great offensive play caller. It still, I guess, is out the jury's out on how he is as a head coach, but he's done at least an okay job. I mean, you've had quarterbacks hurt all year and you're in the
1: playoff race. I don't
0: Yeah. In year one? That's ridiculous. Dallas minus seven at Washington.
1: This is another tough one. I, I'm gonna go with Dallas here. Uh I think Washington still has question marks around who's gonna be their starting quarterback. I don't even know. But also does it really matter? I mean, they're not very good. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Dallas minus seven here. Listen, I think Dallas to me, this is a situation where Dallas needs to make a statement. They need to have a big game to really show that well, they, they still can have a compete. shot at the one seed. Yeah, and they still have a shot at the one seed too. But but you know what I mean? Like right now, it's like the Eagles, but the Eagles are kind of fall are kind of falling a little bit late. You still have the Niners, but to me, like Dallas has an opportunity here to make a huge statement of like we're here and we're we're not gonna be pushed around in the playoffs like we have been in the past. I'm gonna take Dallas.
0: I hundred percent agree with what you're saying. And they also, like I said, have a chance at the one seed. It's like if they win, the Eagles lose. I don't know what they need to happen with the Vikings and the 49ers. But all that is why I'm picking Washington. Because what does Dallas do in these big moments when it's like they need to win? No, they do always choke. So I'm going to take Washington. (laughs) That's Uh, a good point. (laughs) Sunday Night Football, Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay is in a win-and-you're-in situation. Detroit needs the Seahawks to lose earlier in the day. And then if that happens, they win there. And uh, the Packers are giving up four and a half.
1: I just don't like the Packers. I'm taking Detroit here. I'm, I listen, Detroit, ever since Hard Knocks preseason, they've been a great story. It, 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 what's sad is for Detroit is, like, even if they win one of those close games they played in the first six weeks of the season, they would probably already be in the playoffs. So, it's sad that they're in this situation, but I I think they're going to turn up. And, I, I mean, listen, I know betting against Aaron Rodgers is never a great idea, but... You know what? Screw Aaron Rodgers, man. Give me, the, give me the Lions.
0: <laughs> no, I, I want the Lions to make the playoffs. I really do. So I'm like rooting against the Seahawks. I'm rooting for the Lions, but uh, I'm, I'm going Green Bay. That's, that's what my head says. Minus <laughs> four and a half. You know, it just feels like it's. Destined I guess I
1: bet with my heart much more often.
0: Who, who would you be more afraid of if you were an NFC playoff team that had a higher seed? The Bucks or the Packers making the playoffs? I think Packers. I think I agree with you. They're hotter, Packers. and I don't know. With the with the Packers, it feels like they've turned a corner with all the young I mean, receivers. Well, and stuff. What's, what's with the Bucks, sucky, it's just like they want a well, crappy. What's division.
1: terrible for like the Cowboys or the Eagles is if they don't win their mm-hmm. division, they're going to be a wild card team and going to probably have to play at, on the
0: road. Yeah,
1: Tampa Bay. Which I guess that would scare, That would be yeah. scary.
0: Okay, lock of the week. You are six nine and two in the NFL. All
1: right, lock of the week. I'm going with Carolina plus three and a half versus New Orleans. But uh, unfortunately for Carolina, they didn't get the win against Tampa Bay. So I think they're out of the playoffs. I think they're out of winning the AFC, winning the NFC South. I don't think they make the playoffs. But the, the Saints suck, man. Like, they're just <laughs> bad. They're just bad. So I'm going to ride with my boys. Give me the Panthers.
0: I am just 6-11, so probably don't do this. But I'm going Minnesota minus 7.5 at Chicago. Minnesota has to win this game to still have a chance of – I don't even know if they can get the one seed. I don't think they can. But they can definitely – right now they're the three seed. And they need to win this one to even get the two-seed so that you are hosting that that divisional round game at that point. Chicago's not even having Justin Fields. He's out. Uh, Minnesota's coming off that blowout loss to Green Bay. I, I think they cover the 7.5. Kind of a statement game for them. KU game picks. Kansas minus one at West Virginia.
1: I'm going to go with Kansas. <laughs> okay. I just always do. I'm going to go with Kansas. Uh, over under 143. That's pretty high. Uh, But, I mean, with the style that West Virginia plays, their press could inadvertently, like, speed up the game significantly, which could lead to more possessions. So, I'm going to go under, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the under. I am
0: going to go under as well. I feel like it's a high 60s type of game. Maybe one team hits 70, the others is in the the 60 because it is kind of that rugged physical style. I am going to go West Virginia in the upset. Um, I just, I I felt like all along KU would go one and one this week. I know I picked Tech earlier this week, but I I just, I'm going to kind of stick with that. Not trying to be a hater. I still think Kansas is good. I just, you know, one and one felt most likely to me all the way along. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We will be back, at least Nick will. Nick will be back Monday. I'll be out Monday. I'm going to uh, Vegas yeah, this weekend. Derek's leaving me. Um, but I will be back Tuesday, and uh, Nick will have you covered on Monday. We got high school hoops coming at you tonight. We got KU
1: action coming at you tomorrow. Kind of dangerous to give me full full possession of the show, <laughs> yeah. full control of the show. <laughs> we'll
0: see how it goes. Um, <laughs> I expect Nick to be back here Tuesday when I'm back, hopefully. Hopefully he doesn't. Burn down the building. No, uh, Nick will do a great job on Monday. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode and the rest of this week. Don't forget you can check out anything you missed on the Best of RCST podcast. Thanks to Terry Nooner for coming on the show. Have a good rest of your night. Have a good rest of your weekend. Bishop Seabury, Veritas, basketball next.